our normal technical difficulties, ladies and gentlemen, but we are off Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. This is episode 155, and this time we are broadcasting, not just recording. So let's take this from the top. So tonight, we are chatting about packs. At least we caught that fairly quick into the show. Uh, but we're not just talking, you know, your everyday normal packs, as we alluded to a few minutes ago. We're talking about... Well, any pack that you take in the woods. How do you get the gear in? What What's comfortable? What works? What do you need? What do you not need? Um, I think packs are maybe an overrated and underrated thing at the same time. People spend a ton of time and money on packs and sometimes don't really consider what they really need. Or they just spend more than they need to get something that's way more than they need that doesn't make their job actually easier or they don't have the adequate pack and actually can put themselves at a bit of a health risk so it's it's quite the the interesting topic and we we have talked with this but it hasn't been for almost what three years is what i was almost three years we're a couple (laughs) weeks off of three years but if anybody's been playing along at home uh we actually did cover packs way back when atlantic bushcraft adventure started which was episode six and i'd like to think that we have uh we have grown since then if not our knowledge which i'm hoping it has in three years but our method of transferring that information to you fine folks out there i think we're a little easier to get along with uh and we're a little better at getting that information through uh, in a much more fluid method, I believe, or a, a much more fluid medium, I guess. But anyway. We, we've at least learned how to not cut each other off as quick. And it's in that time, which was one of our earliest battles. Um, yeah, so I, I guess let's start with what most people would think of. And you got your big pack, your 50 to 80 liter pack, um, your traditional camping backpack. Um, I still have probably the same one I was running around that time, um, which, you know, I've liked. And the things that we've looked for in that, good ventilation, adjustability, comfortable straps, uh, lots of buckles that can, can keep everything nice and secure. Um, you don't want on a big camping backpack your pack to be shifting around and moving. You don't want your load inside to be moving around and adding to your effort. Because if you have a, a loose load in the back, uh, kind of like in your car, <laughs> you're gonna feel it. It's gonna it's gonna wear you out. It's gonna beat things up. You're not going to be satisfied as much. Um, and that's I think what most people think of when they think of bushcrafting packs. And I've I've already covered some of those those ideas. Um, but I think what I wanted to talk about, and I want your opinion on this, is do you want a lot of pouches and pockets and little spots to put things, or, or do you just, would you rather something that's really simple with maybe the ability to bind it down, but just one big cavity that you can put stuff in on your own? Um, so for me, I like having the options of organization. I don't. I don't want to go overboard on pockets because the more pockets you have, the smaller they tend to be. So a hundred pockets, the size of like your hand, not so good if you're trying to put sleeping bags and larger items in, but having a couple nice big pockets, of course, like most packs will have one good cavity that you can put your larger items in, but then several smaller ones uh, is kind of my go-to because I do like that organization option. I do like kind of, 
layering my backpack, if you will. Uh, all the stuff I know I'm going to need later tends to go to the bottom. The stuff I'm going to need sooner kind of comes to the top. If you're doing that in one large cavity, um, have you ever thrown like cereal in a... Uh, no, better yet, trail mix in a container and shaking it, you'll notice that everything starts layering itself regardless if you put it in an order or not. So with the pockets, you actually get a little bit of options to where you can maybe use the smaller pouch for the items you're going to need sooner. And if the kind of gets shuffled up, it's not that big a deal. It's a smaller area to search. Like if you wanted your flashlight, you know you're going to go in at night, you're going to set up at night. Uh, if you just throw that in the big cavity there's a chance that's going to end up somewhere in the middle of it and you're going to have to empty your backpack to find it, especially if you need the flashlight to find the flashlight. Now, a little smaller pocket, or better yet, you know, if you have one on the side where it's just the flashlight and you know you're going to need it or your headlamp or whatever, it's kind of easier to get in there. Uh, the other thing that I kind of wanted to question you on, so to return a question to you to answer your question is, when you're looking for a pack, do you try to get the biggest pack available, the smallest pack that's going to suit your needs, or just kind of shoot for what you're looking at. Because my preference is, I like to get the smallest pack that's going to meet the needs I, I'm going in with. It, it tends to make me pack less. Because you know me, Ben. 50-pound pack's pretty normal for me because I'll take everything I can possibly load into it. So if I know what I want to take, limiting my pack size can sometimes help me alleviate that problem. I, I have the same problem I've, I've had for probably years. It's, and, and the problem is what I call bulk. I, I've, I've stopped caring about weight years ago. I kind of realized I'm, I'm sort of stuck with a certain weight and, and getting better is a price I'm not necessarily willing to pay in comfort expense. Um, but bulk is something that I still fight with. So I, I usually end up going for a bag slightly bigger than I think I'll need because A, I overestimate how much I can fit into a container and B, is there's always that time you're gonna have to take something extra, especially the fact that I, I often go with the dog or kids, and they're not necessarily pulling their weight. Mm. So, to offset that, I usually have a, a space that I allocate to other people in the group. Um, so I do tend to go with a little bit bigger, but I differ from you in the pockets. I, I do like a certain amount of room to organize my gear. And I think that's, that is important. So, um, oftentimes you'll have some pockets on your straps. That's a great place for your flashlight. That's a great place for maybe some safety glasses. If you're walking through tight brush, those are spots that you want to put something you're going to use a lot. Maybe your phone or your GPS. Uh, oftentimes you have them on your hip pocket. That's my, where I put my fire kit or something that I plan on grabbing relatively quick. Uh, but in my pack, I've sort of getting to the idea of I don't want a lot of pockets on my pack itself. I would rather have the one big open space and then have a bunch of stuff sacks that I can control. And that still means that all of certain types of gear stays in one, one area, but I can grab it. And then if I can identify those quickly by color, shape, texture, something, um, it means that when I'm looking for things, I know... All my gadgets are in this black bag or my food stuff is in this green bag. I have a system. Uh, is it good? Is it perfected? Is it finished? No. <laughs> but to be honest, that's what I'm working towards because, you know, the pack kind of needs to change sometimes. In a pocket that's a four by six by eight might fit my cook gear today, but tomorrow it may not and vice versa. Like everything in there, what I tend to put in pockets change. Um, so I, 
and I find that no manufacturer really knows what I'm going to put in it, so they never give me the pocket sizes I wanted. And that's a fair, that's a fair assessment. I guess my loadout doesn't change a whole lot for my core items. And I kind of got pockets for the core items I take, which would be my, like my cook set and stuff like that. And I, I guess that's more where I come in with the pockets. I, I understand what you mean with the different bags and stuff. Actually, that's a really good idea because you're getting the additional, uh, dry bags in there too so if anything ever did happen because you're into boating and stuff like that a little less than or sorry i am a little less than you are uh if you ever overturn the boat or something like that everything's protected in there individually you know what i mean and if for some reason your bag opened it's a lot less chance to lose the entire bag uh you might just lose like the one bag or something like that from inside the main bag is where mine it's just going to fill up with water sink to the bottom that's the end of it goodbye gear i'm either diving for it if i can or it's gone down the river you know what i mean um yeah that's a good point uh and not all my bags are waterproof but i do have waterproof dry bags i have a, a plethora of them in the basement where i keep all my stuff and we do use them a lot and believe it or not the smaller dry bags tend to be our most popular most most favorite uh you need a couple of bigger ones for sleeping bags things you can't crush down uh but for everything else if we can keep the bags relatively small but not too numerous it actually works kind of well small to medium-sized bags work really well put a whole bunch of light stuff in each bag so that when you're grabbing a bag you're grabbing cooking stuff you're grabbing fire stuff you're grabbing um you know electronics uh, if, if you if you are taking a, a bunch of different electronic gear uh, make sure the bags are are suitable for the product that it's it's mm. carrying so if like you say if it's something that can't get wet a dry bag makes sense if it's something that could get damaged from impact maybe something a bit thicker a bit of cushioning ability take into account certain things like that um, if it's something that's going to be under pressure like your sleeping bag if you're just crushing it down Make sure it's a sturdier bag. Um, mm. Just things to keep in mind. The option that sort of veers from either of what we've been talking about, though, and it's still a full-size bag option, is this style. And this is the style with, with molly webbing on the sides. I got molly webbing on the sides, on the front. I think there may even be some internal to some of these sometimes. And the beauty of the molly webbing is you can add a pouch. I believe, yeah, you can show you that. Exhibit A. <laughs> That's yeah. basically my go-to bag. It's molly, and I just add the bags on as I need. So I got a bag for first aid. I got a bag for fire. I got a bag for water. And I just change them in between my main compartments. And I think these two bags are probably fairly similar. About a 50-liter bag. Thereabouts. And I mean, this one here actually came with, I think it's like a, an eight liter or six mm. liter small bag. And this tends to be my cook system and it straps to the outside. So when I get to camp, I can just unbuckle it and boom, my whole cook system, stove, pots, pans, knives, forks, whatever is in this one bag, usually a small fire kit. And I can sort of grab, hang my bag up so it's off the ground and safe. And then I grab this and go do my thing with that. Um, before we go too much further, you said something there that's incredibly important ahead as the note. 
And it's kind of a tip and trick for anybody out there with your bags. If you're out in the woods, get in the habit of hanging your bag up. Don't just throw it on the ground. Um, I mean, I did it for ages. It's not that it's going to, you know, destroy you or anything like that. Don't misunderstand. But you're going to really appreciate having all your stuff dry, uh, not dirty, and, you know, just those two things alone are worth hanging your bag up. Especially at night, if you're in an area where it's going to get cooler, you're going to get dew, stuff like that. It tends to settle on the ground. Your all your gear has more of a tendency to collect that moisture and stuff if it's lower down. If you can get it up a little higher, there's air circulating around it. It's just going to make things a little nicer for you. Fact, my two cents. What I ha often keep in the top of my pack, somewhere I can grab super quick, is a length of rope with a loop on one end. And I wrap that around a tree, pull it through the loop, and then I pick up any little stick, probably three to four inches long, and I just put a marlin stake spike style hitch in it and then i just take it and hang it over the, the quick grab bag or handle that's on the top of my path and uh, i'm much the same to be honest with you and and both you know all my bags tend to have something like that it's usually a pretty sturdy handle uh it's it's the one you can grab just pick your bag up and get a you know move it from the car to the the edge of your trail or whatever and that's what i hang it and it, when it's hanging like that, at more or less eye level, it's a real comfort thing. Because when you open up the bag, everything's right where you're to. You're not bent over on the ground. It's not getting wet. You don't wake up with slugs and snakes and silly things crawling through your bag. Uh, it does keep it protected from things. Uh, I'm not saying that no animals can get to it, but it's going to be a lot better. Um, so, yeah, it's that's a great little tip. Scott makes a great point there, too, and you, you kind of said it as well. As you get older, not having to bend over and dig in your bag is fairly important. Yeah, and yeah. you know what? That's right. <laughs> My knees aren't what they used to be. And, and that kind of brings up another little point. When you're looking at these bags, look at what options to get to your gear are. Because a lot of them is top only. Most of the, these are. Uh, but my, my military-style bag does zip quite far down, so you can open it up more like a, a suitcase-type deal. Mm. Uh, my wife had a great one, and the whole back used to open up, so you could open it up again like a suitcase. And you, you didn't have to to rummage through to get things. Like, when you opened it up, everything was sort of there. You could grab something from the bottom of the pack to the top to the middle just as easily. Uh, so that method works really good. Now... To the, all this point, these are big bags we've shown you so mm. far. 50 plus liters. Uh, great for what? Two, three, four day trips. Yep. Um, I mean, you're talking about something. You're taking some tarps. You're taking maybe a shelter. You're taking a sleeping bag. Taking a big cook set. That's great. But every trip isn't a three, four day trip. And if you take a 50 liter pack, by the time you leave the house, if you're anything like me or Robert, you're taking 50 liters worth of gear. I don't care if you're going 10 feet or 10,000 <laughs> feet. We are going to fill that bag. A hundred percent. That that was your point earlier about like what size bag you go for. And and here's here's a pro tip to all outdoors people that have wives or, or spouses that, that don't agree with all the money you're spending is you have to have the right bag. You do need all the bags. <laughs> and to so, yeah. that point you don't need the most expensive bags either to be fair just while we're on the topic this is a bag i commonly use uh and it's a bag i literally got from the thrift store and it's 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 a chef pack 
It's actually meant for carrying knives and stuff like that, but it has a laptop compartment in it. But it has three nice dividers in the main compartment. It's got a little front compartment with some organization. And this here, this is my day bagger or my overnighter. If I'm just going for a night, this is the one I grab nine times out of ten simply so I can't overstuff it. It takes exactly what I need, and I'm not going to get anything I don't really need. Um, and yeah, that, that was just a thrift stop find for like five bucks. And, and thrift stores, awesome place to look for this type of gear. When you're going through, I'm always a few hints with that. When you're going through, take a really good look at all the connecting points for your straps. Mm. Make sure that they're all secure. They haven't got any rips, tears, no threads are coming out. Uh, the seams are strong. If that's usually pretty good, next check your zippers and your clips. Make sure they're not broken. You get past that, almost anything else is an easy fix. And I'm not saying you can't fix the other problems, because you can. Just those are the spots that it most likely is going to fail at. So check those spots, and you'll you'll know you got a pretty good bet. I've picked them up on thrift stores, Kijiji, uh, Marketplace, uh, the sharp sale at the airport one time I went in. They had like a whole bunch of bags there. I grabbed a couple because they just looked cool. Um, and I still have them. I still use them occasionally. Um, and when I started, it was all big bags. Now I'm starting to look at smaller bags for day trips, uh, maybe an overnighter, but something where I don't need as big a gear because the problem is, and this is what the ultralight guys have been saying for years. And I know we're not ultralight guys by any means. Our, our day pack weighs more than most people's, uh, most ultralight people's week long pack, right? Easily. <laughs> <laughs> but they have a really good point. And the point is, if you're carrying too big of a bag, if you're carrying too much of a weight, that's going to impact the enjoyability, the distance you're going to cover, and the way you travel. So if you have a big, heavy bag, you're not going to want to walk as far. You're not going to want to go off the trail as much because that weight going over rougher terrain is going to wear you down quicker. It's going to make you regret that decision. So learning to to pare down what you're taking, minimize the gear, the weight, take only what you need really does help. And if you're just going for a day trip, say you're going in to take some photos, do some geocaching, do a picnic with your family, you're not taking a sleeping bag necessarily. You're not taking two or three big tarps or a tent system. Maybe you're taking a tarp and a sit pad or just a couple of snacks. Your bare, bare bones kit that's when you need to downplay, downsize a lot. And that's where you need your smaller packs. And on that note, if even if you're carrying light gear in a big pack, the sheer bulk, as Ben was getting to, of the larger pack, that can be a hindrance all on its own. Uh, those larger packs aren't so bad once they fill out a little bit, but if there's not much to fill them up, they tend to flop around quite a bit. Not, maybe not what's attached to you, but the bag itself will tend to flop, make noise and stuff like that. And I don't know about yourself, Ben, or our listeners, but I'm sure there's a at least a group that's out there. For whatever reason, I like to walk as silently as possible. Uh, little noises, continuous noises, they take away from the enjoyment of being of me being outside. I like to enjoy the nature, hear the sounds, stuff like that. If my bag is clanging and rattling and chiming and whatever else, it tends to scare the wildlife away. You get to see less stuff. It's hard on your mental health, especially if you're going a long way. And there's just that one thing that's constantly making a noise, the same noise over and over and over again. It will drive you nuts after about 12 hours of it. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, anything banging around, anything moving around, anything that can get caught up. People, a lot of people don't 
proper good strap maintenance hmm. and that's to, or policing your straps and that is once you get your straps to the length now ultralight guys might say cut it but i know for a fact that when i go from one jacket to the next i need to adjust i don't want to cut it short and then regret it later on if i'm going winter camping with the same bag but i just roll mine up and usually there's elastic straps on most of mine that i can stick it in but if there's not just get an elastic band or piece of black tape i've used that Fold them up, right. just hold it in against the other uh, strap, and just a couple quick wraps of black tape to hold them. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good options for that, but to tie those down. Um, better packs will tend to have a lot of cinching down options, which means you can take a 70 pound pack, put 20 or 70 liter pack, put 20 liters in, pull it down, and it'll be just as tight and, and, and hold the load just as well. Uh, it has a limit Like you just can't put like a single pot bottle in a huge bag and think, well, it's not going to move around because it's going to, <laughs> but if it's somewhat reasonable, you can usually cinch it down pretty good. And that's, that's makes the difference between a good pack and a not so good pack. Just that ability to, to, to tighten everything down and control your load. So while we're on that topic, why don't we keep going down that rabbit hole? What makes a good pack? And what Ben just alluded to there is a good pack is one that's going to give you some options. Uh, cinch points are a big thing to look for. Just as Ben was saying, you can kind of shrink or grow that pack as needed. A big thing I look for on all my packs, minus this one day pack, and to be fair, this day pack I use a lot when I'm hunting, so I only wear it for a short amount of time, and I'm taking it off and back on, off, on. Um... So it wasn't as big a deal with this one, but for any of my packs where I'm going to be going out for a while, I look for a waist strap and a sternum strap. Uh, and that's the one that crosses across your chest and the one around your waist. And to me, that just gets everything closer to my body. It distributes the weight a little better. It's more comfortable to me. Uh, and a lot of people say, oh, I like the hip pack, uh, the hip strap, but not the sternum strap. And I have a couple bags without the sternum strap, and honestly, that sternum strap for me makes a world of difference in its comfort. Uh, some of my bags, I would argue, I would almost rather the sternum strap over the hip strap, depending on how heavy I'm making them. So I agree with you. I really like my sternum straps. I notice a lot of people don't wear them right. Some people wear them up close to the neck. That that bothers me. I do understand it a bit more with the women. Uh, because sometimes that's in a poor location for them. And a lot of women's packs, you'll notice, actually sit a little bit higher mm -hmm. in the sternum strap. And that's, that's intentional for their comfort. Um, I look for ones with good shoulder straps. Narrow shoulder straps that just cut into you. Make sure they got nice, soft edges. Um, I like... Like, for instance, as Ben's talking about, like, I got a three-inch strap on mine. Yeah. Easy uh, another th nice thing is if all the straps can have quick releases. Mm. So, not all of them, like my blue pack I showed earlier, doesn't. But this green pack, I can actually, in a rush, three clips, and this thing's on the ground. I don't have to actually. So, if you hurt your arms, your shoulders, or if you needed to get it off really quick for an emergency, I can flick these three three things, and they're right there, and. The, the waist one and the two shoulder ones, and it's dropped. So if I had to, to let it go and jump into water or help something, I can get rid of this pretty quick, and that's useful. Um, a good waist strap is really good because if you've got a good waist strap, the weight's being held by your hips, not your shoulders and your back, and that, that really does help. Um, 
that's the biggest downfall for my military pack really is the waist straps are not the greatest and that's kind of the biggest downfall of this pack too not a bad waist strap not great now what makes a good waist strap ben well we're all i'll show you what makes a not so good waist strap and then i'll show you what makes a pretty good one so on this one here it is simply the strap going into the pack with two small cushioned straps that sit on part of your hip the thing is these don't always sit where they want and i do find these slip so every now and then i have to adjust this one and i find it falls out now at some point i'm going to sew it across so it never moves again and i'll still have my adjustability up here that's a poor excuse for a waist strap in my opinion <laughs> and funny enough look at how mine's all you know the exact same I got that backpack out of a military surplus, so does not surprise. This, there we go. This one here. Look at this. Nice big hip strap. It's massive. It's cushioned. It's got a little pocket in it. I got lots of room. It's solidly mounted. Um, and the adjustability is up in the front. Uh, honestly, even this one, if, you, if you're not super trim. I was just about to say, for us larger guys, those big hip straps, uh, if you can find a bag that fits you, it is a godsend. You're going to have a tricky time finding them with the nice, big, thick pads that are going to come far enough around to really make a good difference. They are out there, and I encourage everybody to look for them. This one I find pretty good, but even this one, um, the strap itself is pretty stiff. The edge of it is, is kind of sharp. If you've got a little bit of tummy that's going to hang over and sit on that that'll chafe pretty quick so make sure you have some piece of clothing or something between you and the pack going around with one of these packs and no shirt on uh it's gonna be a lot less comfortable than maybe you think like you keep it in mind a nice thick padded shirt helps a lot with a lot of this stuff if you are one of those people that are going to go shirtless and take a backpack it becomes very important to have that cinched in so that it's not bouncing around as you walk. Not only is it going to chafe on your belly, as Ben had mentioned, it can actually rub a good raw spot in your spine just from the bag going up and down and just rubbing ever so slightly on your back as you're walking. So make sure everything's chafed down. Uh, take that one from experience when I was a little younger, maybe a little better shape. Um, I tried the old walking without a shirt on, barreled through the woods for a few hours. Didn't bother me at the time, but then when I got to camp and took the backpack off, like I was almost bleeding from my back and not really noticing it. Uh, and it caused me a lot of discomfort for that trip, and it made the trip, I'm not going to say unenjoyable or not enjoyable. Uh, it, it just, it could have been more enjoyable, you know what I mean, if I wasn't dealing with a sore on my back. Um, comfort, nice cushioned back, something that's going to allow breathing. You Oftentimes you'll see channels and stuff. These channels are going to allow air to get up, because if, if you get a pack pushed against your back and you're hot, you're going to sweat through your back, and then all of a sudden... This is going to be an area of discomfort. So, I mean, this this particular pack, they did a lot of good things. They got a nice adjustable back I can adjust to my my spine length. They got nice cushioned straps, nice cushioned back, nice cushioned hips. Uh, I like it. It cinches down. It does have a lot of advantages. Is it perfect? No. It has some issues in its own. But overall, a pretty good thing. Uh, a lot of pouches, pretty sturdy. One last thing to take a look for a lot of good packs will come with this and that is a rain cover yes Again, this one here i haven't used it a ton 
I actually had a conversation with my wife earlier this week, and I, we talked like this, and she, I said, I have them. I don't think I've ever used them. She said, you have used them. She said, we used them one time in a canoe. We were going down the river. It was raining. We just pulled these out, put over the top of the pack, kept the rain off of them. At camp, they work. Honestly, they don't weigh that much. I'm not a grand wee. I won't throw, take, take one, you know, and toss it. Um, but yeah, nice little rain cover. You know, the company that get you sold this to you, they took some thought. They made sure you had that. Stretchy pockets so you can stick bottles and stuff on the outside. The ability to attach some gear to the outside is really good. Holes, water, stuff that you don't want necessarily inside. These these tie-down straps, like this one here has a bunch to, that allows me to cinch everything down. I stick stuff under there. In the winter, I can put a shovel on the outside of this one. Uh, there's two hooks for hiking sticks. There's a lot of options there. Uh, so those are things I look for them uh, in, in a good pack. I've got a meat. question for you, Ben, just while you're talking about a good pack there. I was at Mech sometime last year. Don't know when it was, or MEC, whatever you guys want to call it out there. Um, yeah. They had a great backpack, incredibly expensive. I didn't buy it. I couldn't afford it. I'd have to sell my soul. But it had great hip support, and on the hip support in the backpack, there was actually a pivoting mount. So that if you moved your back like this, your hip would stay in the same spot and there was this place where it would pivot. I mean, to have it on, it felt like a dream, but I think it was it was dang near close to $450 or something like that for a pack. That, that was more than I could spend at the time. But if I was doing some serious adventuring, like if I was going to do uh, an Arctic exploration or if I was going to try and walk one of the major trails or something like that, where you're going to be out for 10, 15, 20, 30 days, it would be well worth the investment. Sure would. And, and think about it. If you're planning on doing four days of hiking and you're figuring each day you're, you're walking six to eight hours, you know, at the end of that, you've got that back on your pack on your back in one trip for close to 24 hours. Uh, all of a sudden, when you start to think about it, the cost of that $450 pack, is 20 bucks an hour okay that still seems like a little bit do four or five trips like that and all of a sudden you know it cost you five six bucks an hour but you've you know it, it carried your uh your pat your weight your load well it kept you comfortable it kept you from getting injured uh it's going to make the trip more enjoyable i think in the end the investment's probably worth it like you i don't buy extremely expensive ones. I buy cheap ones and figure out what I like. But every time I do, I get to thinking what I really liked about it. And I'm more tempted to uh, to spend the more money. Uh, I am glad I bought the cheap ones over the years because it really did teach me what mm. I like and what I don't like. I have packs like this, this one, Tigris one. I mean, aesthetically, I love it. Uh, for short trips, it is one of my favorites. I did take it on a few trips and realized that this thing will cripple me in, in a matter of, of hours uh, because the hip straps are poor. The shoulder straps don't quite fit the way I want them to. The load fit, fitting inside it isn't quite what I want. What did I love about it? The tie-down straps, the molly webbing, the just the aesthetics of it, the fact that I could put a nice foam block and help back support and there's another thing we didn't even get to yet i was just on the same thing i was going to mention after you're done but you're naturally rolling into her so just keep on going ben in someone's phone's ringing 
internal and external frames. Um, right now, the really popular thing is internal frames. I believe they're a little bit lighter. They're a little bit more efficient. External frames used to be really popular. Uh, my father used to have one. I remember it was like a aluminum pipes mm -hmm. and everything just hooked onto it. Uh, it has a lot of advantages in itself. And we've looked at them in, in the past of ones that we really kind of liked. Um, do some research on either one, figure out what works for you. I'm not going to tell you only go with one, but I'm going to tell you internal frame is, is going to be generally a little cheaper and much more available. External frame is going to be rare and more specialized. Uh, really good for hunting though. Yes. Because you can oftentimes pull the pack off and just strap your your load, your your animal or whatever to it, get it there, and then put your pack back on. Nope, and I completely agree. I had a couple of the old, and I mean really old. They were less of a backpack, more of a backpack frame, and you kind of had to attach everything to it and put your own canvas around it and stuff like that. Uh, you know, they, they were old, but they worked. They, they served their purpose. As you said, they were great for hunting, uh, if you needed to pack something in and out because there's no bag to push anything in. It's just a frame and you figure out how to tie to it. Uh, it also made making chairs and stuff relatively easy because it had kind of the L shape to it. So all you had to do was make some props and you could use the whole frame as a, a chair kind of deal, which is another benefit of anybody who happens to find one of these. They're, they're not a bad thing to have, but it was difficult to try and get stuff packed into it without, you know, you have basically had to have a canvas sack that you attached to this frame and then all your stuff went in the canvas sack. Um, now the internal frames, I find they're also in my limited experience, better built, uh, the aluminum ones and stuff like that. They tend to be great until they take a dent and then they're done. You know what I mean? I find the internal frames, I don't know if they're still aluminum, if they're just better aluminum or something, they don't tend to take a ding as hard as the external frames. Does that make any sense? Maybe the padding over it helps a little bit. I don't know. But I, I find they can take a knock and keep on kicking us where the external frames, that was the end of mine. I literally just set it down too hard and put a tiny dent in it. When I picked it up, it just <laughs> collapsed on itself. Um, yeah, some are aluminum, um, some are steel, and a lot of them are now like some kind of composite or plastic. Hmm. Um, and, and the nice thing is though is they have some give. They'll they'll bend and then spring right back. I remember I had an old steel uh, rucksack, military rucksack. Had the leather bottom, had two steel rods up the top, and then there was a, a strap that went across the back that sat on your back and kept the pack from actually touching you. Mm -hmm. It was awesome until I ran over it with a car, and then it, it, it bent. And it was never the same after. I imagine it wouldn't be. <laughs> I... Uh, I had put it down, I had loaded a bunch of stuff in my car, and I backed up, and I hit it, and I immediately realized I hit it, and I got out and checked, and sure enough, I had a bend. Uh, and I'd used that pack for years. I, I had taken it with me uh, through Winnipeg when I came back. It had carried tools. It went on motorcycles. It was a great pack. Uh, I think I, I eventually ended up selling or trading, and I still got something for it, so I'm not complaining. But uh, um, maybe we should talk... A little bit about not big packs. Uh, I do mm. actually. I do want to throw a couple more things out. You can get large portage bags. You're looking similar things with those. You're looking for your, your shoulder straps. You're looking for your belt straps. But they're just waterproof. Uh, some less cinched down. Some have interesting zipper designs. 
uh, and they tend to be even bigger potentially. I've seen them 100 liters, 115 liters, that ballpark size. Um, and the thing is with those guys in canoes, you're, you're, you're not carrying for long distances, so you carry a bit more bulk. And you just throw this big pack on, you do your one or two kilometer walk, and then you play it down, throw it back in the canoe and go. Uh, so those those are another one. I don't own one. I've looked at them. I keep thinking I want one. But then what we talked about earlier, a few dry bags in my backpack, the backpack gets wet. It's not at the end of the world. It will dry. And if I'm portaging, then I'm probably only wearing it for a short period. Hmm. Is there anything else? Barrel bags. Uh, let's just throw that. You can get 